0: Hello humans. Man, it has been a doozy of a week. I feel like I'm always fucking saying that. But like I said in last week's episode, I'm in the middle of the byproduct of a crazy fucking ritual and it's just bananas. You know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So because of that, I'm just going to get right into my guests. John Russell, you know who he is. He's been on the show many times before. He is a psychic, a paranormal investigator, and published author. We really love to talk about the books that he just seems to crank out all the time and the way that he views psychic readings in general. He has loads of experience. He's just an all-around nice dude. In previous episodes, we've talked about his book, Writing with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead, which is a great book. We also talked about his other book, A Knock in the Attic, which is true ghost stories and other spine-chilling paranormal adventures. It's such a great book as well. I highly recommend both of those books. John also has a new book that came out in uh, mid-2023. It's called 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. We reference it in this conversation a a few times and talk about all of the odd things that psychics can experience because of their innate gifts, but then also how there just aren't a ton of Books out there that focus on really increasing your natural psychic abilities, and I think people often think that being a psychic is something that you're born with and that you have to be amazing at it, like from the gate. But the truth is, is that everybody's psychic. You know, we all have varying degrees of psychic abilities, and you can practice and get better at being more psychic. In fact, when I was in a coven, you know, I, co- I always call I was called. Hogwarts on here because I was in a teaching coven. So I was basically going to like witch classes every week. And one of my favorite exercises that we did as a coven was practicing our psychic abilities on each other. And we would do this for hours on end. You know, we would, okay, I'm holding something in my hand. What am I holding in my hand? We'd fuck up, obviously, because we're not pros. We're not practicing our psychic abilities all the time. But you would notice that after some practice, we get better. Certain people in the coven I could really, really connect with and we could guess each other's thoughts, like simple stuff. You know, you you think of a color or you think of a shape or something like that and then we'd be able to guess it every time, you know, after a while. John is great at taking very complex concepts in the occult world and breaking them down so they're digestible. A lot of what I can't stand in this world, this occult spiritual witchy world is there's so much gatekeeping and there's so much just trying to sound smarter and better and superior to other folks. And for me, that's just, that's not my vibe. It's never been my vibe. I am a radically inclusive practitioner. When I learn something, I teach it, but I'm also always learning. And because I have a Buddhist background, I prioritize being in a beginner state of mind. I actually practice being in a beginner state of mind because that's where all the magic happens. As soon as you've figured out everything or you think you figured out everything you've lost so much of your ability in my opinion to truly connect with the miraculous components of doing magic and i think that's super lost and you know it's often called yogier than thou you know the type oh my god i used to be very into the yoga and and meditation world and it's so rife with ugh I feel like, you know, you know, it's just not cute or good. I lived in LA, which is like the capital of that kind of spirituality. And John is the antithesis of that. He is just a fucking dude with an amazing and beautiful Texan accent. And he speaks to you like you're his friend. And I appreciate that. I really, really do. I think many magical practitioners could use some motherfucking humility. You know what I mean? And he do have it. So I highly recommend you go out and buy these books. We're going to talk about a bunch of shit. We're going to talk about doobie doobie doo, the concept that comes up in my episodes a lot. We're human beings, not human doings. So how much of the day are we doing and how much of the day are we being? If you go too far in either direction, it's going to get bajiggity. And I talk about the middle path all the time for that reason. It's right in between. Do be do be do all day long. A little bit of doing and a little bit of meditating and a little bit of doing and a little bit of chilling. And that's something that John really believes in as well. We also talk about how he fried a bus. We talk about his relationship with magical rocks. Now, this is an old episode again, so I have to check in with them and see where we're at right now. But at the time, which this was about a year ago when we did this interview, he was having like a full on relationship with this rock, not in a weird way. Don't go there. It was disappearing from his desk, and then it was reappearing, and then it was changing shape, and it seemed to be speaking to him in a way. In my previous episodes with him, we've talked about how the Fae do tend to be interested in snatching things from his home or kind of playing games with him sometimes. And so I think just because of the kind of dude John is, he invites some weird shit into his life. So, yeah, we're going to get into it, all right?
1: Enjoy.
0: Well, I wanted to ask about your guys. You know your your guides, who you call yeah. your guys. My guys, do you, yeah. Do they? You said you know you've been going through so much personally, and yeah. your your family unit. Have you tried to make contact with them and ask them, "Hey, what is going on?" Or has it just been a weak signal, like you said?
1: Well, it's a weak signal, and I just get the uh, the communication that. This is that shit storm for everyone right now, and I think the, they're trying to do damage control on the other side the best they can. But it's just it feels cataclysmic right now. You know, it really does. I it's not the end of the world, but it feels cataclysmic. It just it's really really difficult. It seems like when things ramp up to this degree, it seems like the other side has difficulties in doing damage control and letting and getting through and. And handling things and it seems like it disrupts healing energy and and, uh, everything it's it's just really bizarre
0: yeah from from like a buddhist perspective there's this and you might already know this this concept of like density versus like grossness versus subtle vibrations and you know as a psychic you know that we access the the guys or our guides or angels whatever through the subtle vibrations and i'm wondering if just everything that's going on right now it's such a dense vibration and so it's kind of blocking our ability to get through because yeah i've noticed too i do a lot a lot of my work with guides is through scrying i do a lot of scrying and mirror work And usually I just kind of, you know, my, my whole life, since I was a kid, I've just been able to sit in front of the mirror and I would kind of have this moment, tell, give me a line. What do you, what yeah. do you want? Give me, get, get me started right. here. Right. And then it would just kind of happen. And now I I am telling you I, again, I haven't thought about this in mm. depth until I've been chatting with you right now, but sure. when I sit in front of the mirror and I try to do that now, it's almost like the mirror is blocked. I can't. Yeah get yeah. through. And I just yeah. sort of said, "Oh, well, it's because I'm really busy right now." But no. it's been kind of a long time now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's unsettling.
1: It is unsettling. We have this convoluted idea of this black and white reality, this yin-yang, light, dark, good, evil, and we somehow have this concept that yes, we're fighting against evil, we're fighting against darkness, we're fighting against negativity, but that the light is so powerful that it's just going to sweep all that away and overcome all that and everything's going to be okay. And man, the world just is not that way. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a struggle for everybody. It's a struggle for light workers. It's a struggle no matter what your belief system is. And there are these times that it seems like the darkness just rolls over us like a wave, like a tsunami, yeah. and just overwhelms us. And it's like you say, you know, it's like, doing all the things that have worked successfully for me in the past and now it's like i'm blocked there's a veil there it's like the doors shut. the light switches off and the heavens are brass whatever it's like it just is so incredibly difficult to get through to manifest things and everything else and i have never understood those cycles that makes me more convinced than ever that. You know, it's not as cut and dried as we think it is, and that the light seems to have a big problem with darkness, just like we do, because obviously it takes some time for the positivity, for the light, for that divine good to sweep these things aside and make a readjustment and get things back in a, in a good motion. And it seems like the more that we're determined to screw things up here, like Putin was attacking Ukraine. And, you know, China rattling its and North Korea rattling its cybers And it seems like we just, one thing escalates another and that escalates something else and that escalates somebody else. And it seems like we get the planet in this state of just, like you said, density, this dense vibration. Yeah. Yeah. It seems very carnal, and it seems very animalistic, and it, it feels very reptilian, very lizard brain. And it's like everybody goes into this hostility mode, into the survival mode, into this attack mode. And uh, it, it seems like it's so hard uh, to try and, and break through that and get people out of that and get people to, to refocus. And um, it, it, it's a, it feels like a zombie apocalypse, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It really does. Yeah. You know, when I said earlier, it feels cataclysmic, it really does. I know it's not the end of the world, but it is it has a real cataclysmic feeling, right? And then with these these banks going down again, and I've been telling everybody forever, I said, stay out of the stock market, watch your money. Put your money somewhere, you know. Hopefully, more safe than in banks. You know, some bonds or some savings union or or credit union or something, because those don't seem to be hit as much as banks do. And then, uh, you know, under the mattress is always good. And I've been <laughs> telling people, I've been telling people that for years. I said, look, you know, they're like. Yeah, but, uh, you know, if I've got money in the bank, and this is the analogy that people always use, or what they always tell me, brother, is that uh, if I've got money in the bank, even if it's a small percentage, at least it's earning a small percentage, or if I've got money in the stock market, I might take a hit here or there, but it'll bounce back up and then I'll make money. And my analogy is, look, if you have a uh, $100,000 in the stock market and you lose half of it. You're down fifty thousand real dollars. If you've got a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank, drawing puny interest, and the stock market crashes, guess what? You still got a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, drawing puny interest. You know you're not hurt. And I try and try and try and get through the people with that, and you know, try and get them to understand. I know this one wealthy client, and he always tells me, he says, John, whenever I listen to your monetary advice, I do okay, and I don't lose money, and I'm not harmed financially. And then when I go oh, well, I know what John told me, but I feel like this, or I think I should do that, or I'm going to follow my intuitional list. He said, I lose a lot of money. And I said, well, there's a lesson there. Don't do that. Let's <laughs> 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 Stop, <laughs> Stop
0: doing that.
1: doing <laughs> I've been trying to talk to people for years and, and tell them, you know, stay out of the market, stay out of high-risk investments, stay out of things, and, you know, stockpile some cash, have some cash share. You know, if the bank goes south, you still got the cash under the mattress, you know? So it's a uh, it, frustrating situation to say, all these things happening, try and guide people through this. And, you know, I'm an optimistic person and I encourage people to be optimistic and, and positive within reason, but that's the key. You got to do that within reason because look, these things do happen. These problems do happen and sicknesses and illnesses and all these other things are going on. We have to face them. We have to deal with them. So it's great to be positive, but you also got to be realistic. And you also got to realize that you can lose what you have, you know, you yeah. can lose your health nothing else for a time, but it's still for a time and you can lose money and you can lose investments. You can lose this and you can lose that. It's a precarious time right now. And it's very frustrating trying to figure out the best way to guide people through this density that it that seems like we're just slogging through mud trying to get out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that. In times like this where it gets more dense, and I've not experienced li- it like this in my lifetime, this this lifetime, this is the most intense it's ever felt for me. And I, I do feel like when it gets like this and you're blocked, the only thing I can think of doing is... Finding spiritual community and working with them because, you know, every witch will tell you every even, you know, even like church circles or like gospel choirs or things like that, you know, people focusing on that subtle vibration and that lighter energy, so to speak. Yeah. Not even necessarily that. Just being connected to the other side, like you said, right. it, it's always more accessible when you have more people focusing at the same time. That's and true. so, I'm wondering if that's kind of what I need to do to kickstart my yeah. my relationship with my my guides right now. Is is yeah. maybe I need to go like meditate with a group or cast a circle or something and and you know, do that more often?
1: Sometimes that helps, and sometimes it doesn't. What I've observed over the years, having you know experienced all this for such a long time, for so many decades, it seems to me that when we get in a dense time like this, the contact with others is always nice. It's always good to have that human contact, regardless of what it is, whether it's a, a spiritual seeking or a friendship level or whatever, that's always good and recharges the batteries a little bit, but it's been my observation that when these times hit that even when you get a group of people together, you're trying to work through that density and make that contact with the other side, it seems like the results are not as forthcoming, not as easy, and not as good as they are when you have more lap times, more sudden times, more sun vibrations, and things are going better overall. And it seems like these Waves of communication, if you will, kind of ebb and fall, and or ebb and during these difficult times, it seems like, like you say, like there's a wall there that we just can't get through to that flow of energy that normally comes, and it seems like even if you gather with a lot of people. I remember when I used to to do circles and and, uh, do various things like that, Uh, there were times that it was just, regardless of how I felt connected, if I knew there was a time like this in the world that's so so difficult like it is now, the density like it is now, even if I still felt fairly connected, if I held a circle or tried to do things for people like that, it was basically like knocking on a brick wall. It was like the other people just felt blocked, and they felt blocked from me, and they felt blocked from uh, the spiritual communication and from the ebb and flow of, from the other side, the energies and the vibrations. And even when I tried to give them tools and techniques to direct them there, it seemed like it was just ineffective. So, I, you know, it doesn't hurt to try, but I don't know if that's the answer. Again, it feels like it's one of those things. We just kind of have to try and ride it out and figure out, you know, what can we do along the way, if there's anything we can do along the way while we ride it out, wait for that flow, wait for that communication to get better and to where we can access that again. But it's, it's funny to me seems like during the times that we're feeling good and we got money in our pocket and we're happy and our health is good and we're upbeat it seems like that's kind of the way the world's going and it seems like the other side is just readily accessible during those times and then when we're having health issues and the world's going to hell in the handbasket and we're having all of these difficulties that's when we need the health the most and it seems like that's when it's hardest to get it seems like that's when it is blocked or withdrawals or whatever so it's a conundrum it's something I've wrestled with for decades i don't fully understand it i wish to god i did you know because now's the time we need that help and it seems like now's the time it's the hardest for the other side to communicate with us to get that help to us and it feels like our personal energies are down and difficult for us to, to peaks fell, to exert the energy that we need to toward others for healing and for positive circumstances and things.
0: yeah, I mean, I don't want to believe you, but you have more experience than me. So I'll take that. But I, I do want to, you know, still believe that there are ways to access with groups or, or alone, even yeah. in times of turmoil, you know, I don't want it to be all like doom and gloom because then I, then I get depressed. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah. A- so, but you know, I, I think that you're right. There is an ebb and flow to, to the the way the veil, for lack of a better term, works, you know, yeah. it being more open and it being more closed off. And I do, I do think you're onto something there. Um, I can only hope that that we get to the veil being more open soon, like mm, yeah. sooner rather than later, please. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of
1: the things that I've personally learned and that I've recommended to other people that do help through this time is to just turn away from what you can't contact or what you can't initiate or use and that's when you go garden or you quilt or you paint, draw, you take photographs, you sculpt, go to the movies, you go out to eat with your friends and you just focus on that positive energy and letting that recharge your battery. Because we're so complex, I always tell people were like onions. There's layers and layers and layers to us. And all of those layers have to be fed, not just the spiritual layer, but we've got to sleep. We have to eat. We have to have physical affection. We have to have water. We have to have desserts. We have to have exercise. <laughs> we have to, you know, all of these things. And we have to engage in hobbies and interests that fulfill us. And so we have to understand that when we find a, a closed door seemingly in one direction, like, you know, with the other side, right? That's the time to turn your attention to the mundane things, so-called, and they're really not mundane, uh, but the mundane things that um, that will sustain you and will encourage you and will help you. And, you know, whether that's gardening or sitting with a friend having a drink or uh, having a conversation with somebody you had not talked to in a while, going for a drive, whatever it is, whatever small things you can do just to keep your positive energy up. And it may not cure anything, may not fix anything, but it makes you feel better. And that's what we have to do in this uh, along the way. We have to make ourselves feel better because, like you say, if you get too far down in the in the dumps looking at all this negativity, then that begins to affect you and you begin to miss opportunities that are there when they do come.
0: Right, exactly. So, yeah, You know,
1: if, if the spiritual thing isn't totally working, don't despair about that. It'll come back around. But in the meantime, you know, watch a movie that makes you laugh. Watch it again. Watch a good TV show. Go out with your friends and eat. Go to a concert. Go listen to some music. Do some of the normal things that. Do ha- need to do anyways to recharge yourself, to lift yourself up, to make yourself happier, to give, put yourself in a better frame of mind, a better mood, and uh, you know, then just can continue keeping an eye on that veil to see when it seems to open up a little more.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point too, because you know, a lot of times paranormal investigators and psychics, people in our world, are focusing almost too much on the other side and not enough on you yeah. Know,
1: being and that's what I tell people is like, you know, I've talked to people that especially when that that realm is just washing over us with all of this communication and all these manifestations and all these experiences. And I've had people tell me they just got so wrapped up in that they were just exhausted. And I said, yeah, turn your back on it. Go out to eat some Mexican food and go to a movie. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 the yeah.
1: other tribe is still going to be there. The world's is still going to turn. God's still there. and They don't need you. You know, you're not the one spinning the earth. You're not the one controlling all this. Get away from it for a week. Go fishing. Yeah. Know? take a cruise, get away from it, you know, because Mm -hmm. anything we're we're so constructed that anything will eventually wear us out, no matter how much we love it, no matter how much we enjoy it. I mean, you look at professional athletes, musicians anybody that has dedicated their life to something, and especially if they've been doing it since they were a kid, professional athletes usually start when they're five or six years old, somewhere around there. They dedicate themselves to this. They love this. It's they eat, sleep and breathe it. And it wears them out. Even if they take care of themselves, they've got good nutrition. They've got the best sports therapists. They've got doctors. They've got trainers. They've got massage therapists. They've got nutritionists. And that takes all that just to keep them from just totally cratering. Just, you know, uh, that's the stress level of Anything carried on at a, at a high level, and they have to find ways to, you know, they have to reach a point where they say, okay, I got to take a week off, or you know, I got to do this, I got to do that, and so anything you love, no matter how good you are at it, or m- no matter how good it might be for you, it's gonna, it's gonna short circuit you at some point because that's just where our bodies are. Yeah, know? I firmly believe in healing. I have been a recipient of healing. I have transmitted successful healing energy to others, and yet, as I'm 69 now this month, my body wears down even more.
0: Happy birthday!
1: So I, yeah, <laughs> celebrate and are worse than they were before. There's just things that, you know, I'm not able physically to handle the amount of clients that I used to be. My psychic gift is stronger and more accurate than it's ever been in my entire life, which is awesome. But my old body's so wore out that I just can't sit and read for clients all day long every day like I used to. Yeah. You know, so there are things that we just have to acknowledge. We have to realize okay, I gotta pull back here a little bit there. I got to slow down a little bit there. Yeah. That's just the way it is.
0: there's a certain kind of fatigue that comes with the paranormal as well because yeah. it's not like a uh-huh. part of the brain that's used all the time, so you know, like when you go down a rabbit hole, or you're, you know, we were just on this uh, farm recently and making all kinds of contact, but not getting a lot of information. But that doesn't mean that we're not that energy isn't passing through us that we're not used yeah. to having passed through us. Well, or, not only
1: that, you're expending energy whether you're getting results or not. You're still sending those radar waves out there, seeing what you can intersect with, what you contact. So you're still expending energy. And like Absolutely. you say, that energy is still flowing through you. And that's taking a toll on your brain, your body, and everything else. Yeah. And it, it is very tiring and something that I've been extremely, extremely fortunate over the years because there have been, you know, I started reading professionally when I was 18. And at times I have carried a very, very very heavy client load and I, I mean it was ridiculous at one point I mean my my wife would say look we're we're going on a raid trip you're gonna just have to take some time off or whatever and I'd say well I've got x amount of clients scheduled here let me handle them the rest I'll put off or whatever and it was so bad that I'd get up in and, and our motel room before we started the day I'd do a reading and <laughs>
0: you'd be like don't and my do wife that would be
1: like pissing mm-hmm, you
0: me off
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. so I, I used to be able to carry this tremendous tremendously heavy client load and just do this enormous, enormous amount of readings. And it didn't wear me out. It didn't tire me out. But at the same time, one of the reasons that it didn't was if I had, say, I had a client scheduled at 8 a.m. and then I didn't have another client scheduled till 10 a.m., I'd hop on the bike and go for a half hour ride, you know, yeah. and then come back, settle back in, hit that client. And then once I was done with that client before I went to the next one, I'd go have a snack or maybe watch 15 minutes of television or something or listen to music for 15 minutes. And then yeah. between the next client, if I had a couple hours, we'll sit outside and enjoy nature and, and just sit and look at the clouds. So, but because I did that and I learned that I could recharge my batteries along the way that way, I could handle this incredibly heavy client load, this incredibly heavy investigative load and, and contact with the other side and everything else. But like I say, you know, and like you're saying, the body eventually wears out because of that. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to learn to say, okay, you know, the, and in my case, I'm very, very fortunate because literally the gift is sharper and better and more accurate than ever. Even when I was young, but the old body is just so tired that I can't sit there and pull the client load that I used to. Yeah and you know, tell them my health problems. I can't do the investigations and things that I used to. So you make those adjustments, then you you pass on that knowledge to the younger people hoping that they'll get it and that'll extend the lifespan of their, you know, psychic capabilities, investigations or whatever they do. Yeah.
0: It reminds me of a quote by famous quantum physicist Amit Goswami. Wait, let yeah. me let me rephrase that. Amit Gwaswami. He is. He's awesome. But one thing that he says, and it's so simple, is that humans aren't supposed to do, 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 do. But they're also not supposed to be, 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 be. They're supposed to do, be, do, be, do. And so, you know, you just kind of really illustrated that by saying, like, I'm going to go into the psychic space, which is more toward the being part. And then afterward, I'm going to go for a bike ride, which is more toward the doing Mm -hmm. part. Yeah, and it, and a, you're giving yourself that balance and i think you know you see this a lot in paranormal shows too where you know i'm sure you've seen this where like someone is like buys a haunted house and then they live in it and then yeah. they get like completely sucked into that energy and all you want to do is be like, honey, get out of the fucking house, like yeah, right, get right. out of the house and you'll feel better, you know, but yeah. they be, they've become lured in and kind of addicted to that space. And it's, it's almost exactly. like the energy of whatever those entities are, it's still toward the being. If we're sure. staying with a myths yeah. kind of concept and exactly. it's like, you got to get out and like eat a candy bar or something, there you, you know? know.
1: There you go. Yeah. Like you said, it's, yeah. What people don't understand is that, you know, we deal with so many, we've talked about this before, but we deal with so many different intelligences. There's our loved ones that are passed on. There's guardian angels. There's spirit guides, major spirit. Spirits and we don't know who the are and what they are. And what we have to understand is that if we're not, if we haven't trained ourselves and equipped ourselves to handle and to deal with those energies, the energy that we experience, like a person that buys a haunted house and all of a sudden they're overwhelmed, the energy may not be malevolent and it may not even be negative. It just may be such a powerful and heavy energy from some entity other than whatever that it's oppressive to that person because they don't know how to connect with that and deal. with with it and not be overwhelmed by it. And so they begin to get oppressed. Then they begin to assign designations to this oppressive energy. Well, it must be satanic or demonic or negative or malevolent. No, it's just you don't know how to deal with it, you know. 100%. And the same do uh, realm, using analogy there, it would be like, you know, Andre the Giant, when he was alive, he would drink like a case of beer, a bottle of bourbon, and six bottles of wine in one evening at dinner, okay, and not even be trashed. So using that analogy, it would be like us going out with Andre the Giant and trying to hang. It's like, oh my God, here's this monster guy that once picked Arnold Schwarzenegger up in the air like a rag doll, turned him around and set him down. Arnold Schwarzenegger and he went out to eat and Arnold got up, you know, being the man, said, I'll get the check. And Andre picked him up into the air. Arnold said he felt like a rag doll. He picked him up into the air, completely up into the air, turned around and set him down said, I've got the check. And Arnold's like, okay. So, you know, dealing with someone with that strength that power that ability to party drink a case of beer bottle of bourbon, and six bottles of wine you're not even hammered you can't run with that you can't deal with that that's your world that's not your lane man yeah that's aren't not your lane handle the guy was like <laughs> i mean, Arnold, like a ragdoll. so you have to understand that some of these spiritual inner are the equivalent of andre the giant they're so powerful, they can handle um, energy levels and emotional levels and things at at a place that we can't even begin to imagine. And if they exude even a small part of that toward us, us it feels overwhelming. To them, they're in their lining, you know, but to us, it's like, oh my God, I I can't handle this. So you have to learn ways to handle that. And like you said, one of the best is get out of the house for a while and don't automatically assume that everything's negative, you know, all to the entities that are there. And so, you know, I feel this very strong, powerful presence. Sometimes your energies are a little overwhelming for me. Can we find a way to pull that back? You know, I I want to communicate with you, Uh, watch over me and watch over the house, protect me, bless me if you can, guide me if you can, but pull back a little bit on that energy some if you can, because it's overwhelming. So, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, people never think to talk to these intelligences, you know, if, if I was there in the room with you right now, and I cranked up the stereo as loud as it would go. And the windows were vibrating, the tap ran out of the room and your wife ran in and went, what in the world? What are you guys doing in here? To me, that might be great. Everybody else, it's overwhelming the house and your wife and go, Hey John, you got to turn that down, man. I'm trying to do something in here. And the windows are vibrating, the cats running around and, and things over here, your beer phones blowing off. You got to cool it. Oh, okay. Okay. No problem. So we, we have no problem talking to each other. But then when it comes to the other side, we never express ourselves. Why is that? You know, uh, yeah. these, beings, these beings are listening. We know they're listening. We know they hear us. We know they understand us. And they communicate with us. So why is it that we have this great reticence to speak to them in a normal way and just say, hey, this is a little overwhelming for me sometimes. Dial it back a little bit. Until I can get used to this, kind of help me here. And so that's what we need to learn about is communicate with it.
0: You. you bring up such great points, and and I know we've talked about some of this before, but it's always good for the listeners to hear again. And and that really what happens, and we see this on paranormal shows, too, all the time, where they come into contact with something. Clearly, there's something there, right? The REM pod's going off or something. They have a visual right. on a camera right. or blah, blah, blah. And instead of having a normal conversation with them, it turns into this like, I'm either going to, there's like a a handful of things. We're either going to demand something from you show yourself and Uh we get kind of pissy with them right away. Or we go in the other direction and we think that we're afraid of them. And we also then in that way, almost like deny the human experience because we automatically think that they're way more powerful than us. And sometimes they are but not always not always, not always. so if we just go in and talk to them the way we would talk to our friends or to right. somebody who we would like you know we're not impo i mean some people are fucking assholes but yeah. you and i as you know uh psychic paranormal practitioners we're not gonna you know be impolite to to new people that we Sorry. meet and we should exactly. treat entities the same way i don't know why right. we don't i don't and know, you know
1: <laughs> Don't do the trained monkey thing. Ugh. Get off the REM pod. And the REM pod goes off. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do, do it again. <laughs> and <come on. laughs> Yeah. And again, as I've been trying to emphasize to people lately, when that happens, that's a demonstration, not a communication. Mm-hmm. You still have, to okay, the spirits here, the demonstrator here, who's here? Why are they here? What do mm-hmm. you want to communicate? And for that, you have to have some smidgen of a psychic gift to leave. You can't rely totally on your equipment because the ability to communicate with the other side resides in that psychic gift, in that psychic room.
0: Yeah, it's this made me think of something. I was listening to another podcast interviewing Brother Richard, who is this Irish, I want to say Franciscan monk. I I think that's right. And he is a wealth of knowledge. They were talking about angels. And one of the things that really stuck out to me is that a lot of times angels don't make contact with people because if they did, it would kill us because our vibration is so not ready for that. And so I think a lot of times what. And, and this is, goes back to something else we like to talk about too, which is instead of just going at it with tech, 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 like in the monkey dance, right? get yourself into a more meditative psychic place to maybe exactly. be in a better, you know, uh, I don't You're even so know what, good. yeah, an energetic vibration to, yeah. to see these things. I'm not saying it's going to work every time, but I think it's a better bet than just going in with your REM pods and your EMS oh, and all agree. that
1: stuff. I absolutely agree. And I think, too, you know, having said what you said about him and the the, uh, the angel contact, the energy thing there, uh, that really didn't dawn on me exactly that way until just now. But I think that part of what we may do in a circle or in a preparatory meditation or whatever, that we may not even realize that we are uh, using, in essence, a spiritual transformer to up our energy and then the transformer for the angelic energy, the the energy from the other entity comes through. That's a step-down transformer for them. We kind of meet in the middle where we can have some of that contact. Yeah. Or otherwise, like like he said, it would be deleterious. For that's a really good point. That's a really good way to put that.
0: I, that if you ever have a chance to look up Brother Richard, he is fucking so fascinating he is he just knows everything about the 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 bible in a way that i have just never heard it before and it's so refreshing because he kind of abandons the king james version and goes further back and i just he's just so lovely to listen to and he really makes you if you have issues with christianity because you know in my life i i had yeah negative experiences with christians he kind of like makes you almost want to give it another shot you know like be more open-minded about that particular religion but while we're on that though i do want to ask do you or have you ever contacted angels or worked with them in your psychic and your psychic work
1: yeah the uh and i i think it's not been me contacting them so much as like in the past where, where we've talked about my guardian angel experiences where they've sometimes literally saved my life uh and then maybe it's the contact that i might initiate just by being open and receptive to that but it's like when i'm on my motorcycle going 70 miles an hour i'm not consciously focusing on sending out guardian angel contact vibes, but I get that protection and that benefit. And so I think it's more that they have been contacting me as evidence that they protect me and watch over me and take care of me uh, rather than me contacting them. You know, I might ask for that guidance, pray for that guidance, might initiate the, the request for protection, but the physical reality and validity of it is that they watch over me and when that time comes, they have provided love for me many, many times. And literally been lifesaving many times.
0: I know you mentioned that you, you wanted to talk about healing a lot because of a lot of what's going on in the world right now. And I, I want to talk about it as well. Right. When you project healing energy toward other people in your work, like you said you've done, or vice versa, or if you've just experienced it, like you've witnessed right. it with your right. own eyes. Do you feel that it always has an an angelic connection, or are there other entities that have come through sort of working through you, so to speak?
1: Really good question. And I think for me, it's really kind of hard to explain. For me, there's a feeling that all the healing energy is driven by an intelligence, so angelic beings or whatever, but there also is almost kind of a, a neutral feeling to this energy that I sometimes experience and sometimes have successfully manifested, and it sometimes seems like it's just that I'm able to grab onto something that's always there in the atmosphere that just exists, and then I'm able to harness that and transmit that. I remember in, in the all the successful healings I've done, I used to be able to heal people's headaches instantly. I mean, like I would, I would put my hands, not on their heads, but just around their head and transmit this healing energy that to me is just this energy that's available in the atmosphere. And when I did that 10 seconds later, literally 15 seconds later, they're like, my headaches fell totally, completely gone. I mean, like it's gone. I mean, like I feel great. So I used to be able to do that instantly for people. And it just feels like something that's always there that I can transmit to people. Now I've also learned in that transmittability that people are able to accept or reject that energy as far as what it does to them. And one example that we've talked about before, though, when my drinking buddy and I were at the bar and we knew all the waitresses there, one came man flopped down on the bar by us and said, my God, would you look at me? And she had this fever blister on her lip, this cold sore that was, I mean, God, it was huge. It was gigantic and just starting. Fl- inflamed and swollen and red. And she said, my God, it looks like a Gorder. I look like a monster. And we were laughing. We really, like, I said, <laughs> let, let me, let me do something. I said, let me put some, some zap that thing with some energy. She goes, what do you mean? I said, "Never mind. Just, just let me do it. Is that okay? See if we can make it better. And she said, sure. So I put my, started this activating this energy and I channeled it through my forefinger and I put my forefinger about an inch from her fetal blister. And I started transmitting that energy there, and she goes, "What are you doing? I feel something. It feels hot and tingly. I said, "Just, just hang on. This. Let me, let me do this." So I, I get through doing it, and I probably did it for like maybe a minute, something like that. And she goes, "What is that?" And I said, "Oh, it's an old Indian trick. I passed it off that way." So the next day, everybody knows when you have a cold sore or finger blister, big huge thing on your lip, it takes weeks to get lead of with medicine. It doesn't go away overnight, and this had just started. So the next day she came in, flopped down by us at the barn, and went, my God, look at my lip and it was <laughs> totally, completely healed, totally, completely smooth, not a blemish, not a spot, nothing. She goes, what did you do? And I said, oh, I'm just an old alien It's kind of passed off that way. But she was receptive to having that energy enter her body and promote that healing and do that healing. Now there's other people I had, and I can, I've always told people I can transmit energy, ten, transmit energy through my hands, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel either cold or hot or tingling. So you're going to feel something, but you will feel the energy I'm transmitting. This one couple I knew, they had this friend and I had done this healing energy on them. And they said, you have got to feel what this guy transmits from his hands. It's crazy. It's insane. You got to feel this. So we were all over at their house for a dinner party. And then they said, okay, you got to come sit down. John, you got to transmit this energy to her. I said, okay. So I'm transmitting this energy to her and I'm feeling the energy going to her. And I said, are you feeling that? She goes, no, no, nothing at all. I'm like, yeah, bull. So I ramp up the energy and I know she's feeling this energy. And I'm like, are you feeling anything? Tingling, hot, cold, the breeze, anything? Nope. Nothing at all. Not a single thing. So I ramp up the energy and now my hands are turning red and starting to sweat and she sways slightly in the chair. <laughs> and anything? Nope, nothing, nothing at all. Well, okay. So the next day I met my friends again, like heard it say it, you nearly knocked her unconscious and out of the chair. And I'm like, Well, I knew I was tracing her healing lip. And she kept saying, No, 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 she's not feeling a single thing. And she, they said like she told them, I I felt that energy so strong when he began, but I just wasn't gonna let him know I was feeling it. <laughs> I like, Okay, whatever. So, you know, people have these, these weird, if you're open and receptive to the concept of the idea of healing and receiving healing energy, you're going to be more successful than someone that resisted or did not believe in it or say, oh, I think this is bull crap or whatever. So that seems to be one of the things that, you know, this power is there, it's available, but it seems like it can also be refused or short-circuited or like in her case, I'm nearly unconscious, nearly falling out of the chair, but I'm still going to resist and say I'm not feeling anything. And I think in that case, if she had just accepted that energy and just let it wash through regardless of her belief system or regardless of her resistance to me, then, you know, no telling what she could have experienced. She could have had a wonderful healing or this or that or whatever, but you know, she wanted to resist that and wanted to, to not deal with it.
0: This reminds me of something, and I, I want you to tell me if this is kind of what you mean. For some reason, Christianity keeps coming up in this conversation, but we'll roll with it. I right. kept thinking of this verse from Jesus, you know, when he, people were talking about the miracles he was performing, and he right. says something like, even the least of you can do what I can do in even greater things. You know, like
1: right. a father, Yeah, Yeah. And, and the, if you he have he fight, say, of a, a grain of mustard seed, you'll say this Mountain or the is just being removed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I and I've always loved that because it was really kind of how I I I've always loved Jesus. Christianity I've had trouble with, but Jesus, I thought yeah. was always a bad bitch, always an awesome, dude. That you know, it was something I always really liked about him because it was this because it was this idea that anybody can access this what I th- this, think you're saying yeah, is yeah. this energy that's that if you are willing to calibrate yourself to it and, and surrender to it to it almost in a way, then you can also transmute it in the way that yeah. Jesus did as well. And, exactly. and uh, so it sounds like that's what you're saying, that you're sort of almost like grabbing into a, a field of like fuzzy potential up here and you just kind yeah. of take what you can get because you've calibrated yourself to it. Does it ever feel like there is someone or something specific entity uh-huh. wise that's like, hey, you might not know me, but I'm here for that person and I need yeah. you to deliver this thing or something? Does that ever happen?
1: Sometimes, yeah. Most of the time, it feels just like this nebulous, neutral energy that's just out there that you can grab and access. I, it has form of intelligence, let's say, or awareness, but most of the time, not something that I would ascribe to a specific being or personality or intelligence or whatever. So, but sometimes, yes, there seems to be this this intelligence or being or, or entity or whatever that says, I'm going to direct this more powerful healing energy through you, or I'm going to give you this uh, you know, particular bit of energy or thing this person needs. So sometimes that occurs, yeah. And then sometimes... And we are discussed in all the the times we talk. And this is like what I think our eights time together now. Something have, like I that. Told, have I told you about frying the bus?
0: I can't remember actually because I know you you were like, Oh, maybe we should talk about it. I can't I don't remember if we've talked about that, but I if I would like to hear it again if okay. we have. I, I,
1: <laughs> I, I don't know that we've talked about that because I actually vetted this through my book attorney before I talked about it to make sure that I wouldn't <laughs> get in trouble. And and you'll understand why. I was living with a friend of mine, staying with a friend of mine back in, in Texas. He would give me rides whenever I needed to. I didn't have a car then. And the rest of the time, I'd take the bus. And then sometimes we would meet up later. If he had something to do, I'd get on the bus. I'd go get something to eat. And we'd head to the bar. I'd go take the bus, drop off the bar. And he'd drive there and meet me. And then we'd go back home together. So I had the, it usually was was pretty well into my cups before we got to the bar, as was we'll <laughs> he. And I had the, the buses that we had available with these just really bone-shaking rides. They would just rattle your spine and with all my my spine issues, you know, I've got degenerative disc disease and all this nonsense and osteoarthritis and, and with all of that and as an aside, I could heal people while I had all that and do nothing for myself apparently. But but, anyways, the That's rides very these, common. Yeah, the rides on these buses were bone-shattering. Sometimes I'd just have to pull the board and stop get off and just walk and sit in the store for a while or something then get back on the bus. So we got these brand new buses and they had great air conditioning and they have this cushy, cushy, comfortable ride. You couldn't even feel any bump on the road. Man, we were all so happy. So I had taken a bus and, and gone to one of the restaurants there I love. And I'd gotten my meal, had a couple of beers in me. And I came out to catch the bus and it was sitting there idling. And as I walked up to it, and I was just in this frisky, stupid, fun mood and had a little buzz. And as I walked up to this bus, this energy Flew up through the ground, into my feet, up through my legs, up through my torso, and out through my hands. And I just threw my hands forward toward the bus and went, like that, and the bus died. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and the bus driver looked at me and he goes what the hell did you just do and I said "Uh, nothing he said what did you just do I said nothing he said you did something and the bus just died he starts trying to restart it bus won't start bus won't do anything won't click won't start there's no juice there's no energy nothing. I'm like oh crap what the hell so he says okay so we called for another bus another bus comes and gets us they called for a tow truck they towed that bus off and so the next day I see him again there he is in the old Bust. I'm like, where's the new bus? What happened? He said, We already know you fry them. I said, What are you talking about? He said, We towed it to the shop. They got Every best mechanic that we know, the head mechanic, every other mechanic on this thing, we put it in on every computer, every machine, every analyzer there is. Everything's perfect. Battery's fine. The gas is fine. Fuel pump's fine. The flow of the fuel's fine. The sparks are fine. Everything's there. It just will not dart and turn over. The missile switch is fine. Solenoid's fine. Everything's hooked up. Electricity's flowing through everything. Gas goes through everything. But you turn the switch and there's absolutely nothing. And nobody can figure it out. Nobody can get it started in there itself. So... <laughs> so- <laughs>
0: Hey, you really pissed everybody off.
1: <laughs> yeah. myself included It's like, what the hell here? So we have to be careful with this energy sometimes. Yeah. We end up, and I wouldn't I would have unintentional things happen with the energy that's around me. One of the worst things was I could never use a credit card or an ATM card like at the grocery store. I'd try and swipe it and I'd swipe it 10, 15 times, nothing happen. My wife would take it in here, swipe it once and it would work. So I would affect things like that with this energy field. There were occasions, it's not as bad now, but there were occasions that I would affecting remote control on the TV and I'd like press the buttons 9 million times, nothing happened, the wife would have to take and change the channel. And uh, there were other things that I affected negatively like that with this energy field. You know, it, it, it is real and it is out there and we need to work on learning to harness it and the problem with it is that people always are like, well, if you can do this, if you've got that, why don't you just work on that all day and just heal people all day? Well, number one, who's going to pay my bills? If I stop doing what I'm doing. I'm working on developing this energy field. And that's all I do all day. Who's going to pay my bills? You know, I'm going to get tired or get sick and I'm going to have to rest. I'm going to have to take some time off. I need that recharge we spoke about. Oh God, I got to get out. I got to go to the movies, man. I got to do this. Other the other. All of these things that we spoke about earlier makes it difficult for us to do this in a full-time capacity and that's when we try and rely on that other energy to come in and and do this but even successful healers that have done that have had very sporadic results. and you know some people get healed some people don't i've had experiences with clients that were miraculously healed from stage four cancer dead two weeks to live they're still alive and well to this day other people do the exact same thing they die yeah you know there's all these mechanisms that we we still have to find out what why
0: Right. Yeah. And you know this. Maybe not all the listeners do, but when we're on a paranormal investigation and we mm-hmm. bring in somebody who's a psychic, who's a solid psychic, we just finished wrapping a show just now. And her mic pack her mic pack yeah. was always Come. dead. I-, I mean, literally, we would put new batteries in and then like <laughs> brand new, like out of the box, like yeah. fresh. We would yeah. put them in and then two minutes later it would have well, an orange light really is when yeah. it's it's like on its way up. Yeah. Yeah. And and that happens and the more psychics you get in one room and you oh, try yeah. to have technology or you try to like film something forget about it it's i mean you sure. literally have to have co- i mean loads of batteries you have to have yep, somebody who's in a- charge of just batteries, and exactly yeah. because it's a
1: huge disturbance in the force
0: <laughs> yes and on top of that you and i both know very well that the paranormal for whatever reason in some circumstances also can drain batteries Dreams so barely, yeah, i so. don't know how any paranormal shows exist because i
1: know right? i know it's, it's such a shit
0: show yeah it yeah so i want to talk back the bus real quick so did you feel like that was the most powerful oomph of energy that you have ever had in your life
1: yeah do you think like uh, at was, one time Yeah, it was like this just this incredible i mean i felt it come up through the earth through my feet and travel through my body and out through my hand it was just and i'll never forget the feeling i'll never forget the sensation i've got the memory of it to this day and it was just so incredibly powerful and so overwhelming and i mean i i played no part in the effort of it in arousing the energy or transmitting the energy it was just pull my hands out and boom there it was that field flew out and did what it did and it was like holy cow and it's like wouldn't it be great if i could harness that all the time for healing mm-hmm. and walk into somebody's hospital room and. Thing, you know, and yeah. and it's it's frustrating to try and understand these mechanisms and communicate with that, connect with that in such a way that you can replicate it. You know, to good effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It really is, and I think it's it's almost like every for for me, from my perspective, it's almost like every I'll say like fifteenth spell I do, it yeah. I get like incredible results. N- not anything like frying a bus, but, you know, <laughs> right. like stuff where you're like, holy shit, magic is real. You know, I, I mean, and it, I am fully convinced that it is because I've seen it yeah. with my own eyes. And oh, I, know, I, remember. I, remember. I know you have, too. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of that, one of the things that you had talked about earlier seeing with your own eyes that was so freaking fascinating and it was the first time you had brought it up like in our conversations at least was these you were seeing what were they rock magic rock
1: magic rock yeah. yeah
0: or like some kind of you were it was like you didn't think it was magic and then all of a sudden like something happened it moved and there was some kind of energy i know you said that the the veil has been kind of hard to penetrate lately rock. have have you had anything happen with that or did it just stop that energy stops
1: so that energy has um, has slowed down considerably. It's still there, but it's almost like it's dormant in a way. It's it's almost like it. I wouldn't say maybe it's like an, in an active hibernation, if that makes sense. Like the energy is still there, the purpose is still there. It's just like one of these hundred rocks I have. It's it's not manifesting the signs and the things and the, the things on the surface that it once did, but it still manifests this thing where I'm picking it up right now. I've got it right now. And it's as light as a feather. I mean, this is a large rock and it's just as light as a feather. It's like there's there's nothing there like I had a piece of paper in my hand. So it's still able to manifest that, but some of the other manifestations have slowed down or kind of gone into hibernation or whatever. It's it's kind of like seeking that looking for that and anticipating that, I don't know. It's like an active hibernation period. It's like when these Mm -hmm. things happen, when it gets so hard to get through the veil and we have this long period of things that don't manifest. It's like it's there, but it's kind of withdrawn for whatever reason. I don't know if that's for its benefit. It has to recharge, protect itself for our benefit that that connection might not be good for us right then. It might be hijacked or something, or the energy might not be as pure as it needs to be to get through to us in a safe way. I don't know, but yeah, the, the things have slowed down considerably with them.
0: That's funny that you brought that up. Up, actually and use that word hibernation because back to this farm that we're investigating right now there was this being there I, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know how to categorize it I really don't even the psychics right. that we were working with on set were kind of like I'm not sure but it's old and it's big yeah. and we got the very distinct impression that it was in some sort of hibernation and that for whatever reason I completely understand it doesn't like winter time it doesn't yeah. like the cold and right. um just like humans you know Many humans, it doesn't mm-hmm. do well in that time, or many other mammals. It, yep. So it's in some kind of hibernation, and I imagine there are things other than the cold that could instigate a hibernation in entities that we just don't know enough about to understand. Yeah,
1: yeah I agree with that, and I think you know maybe that's their sleep. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe they're taking a, a nap for a month or two. Yeah, you know, it could be that. But um, it's it's interesting that you bring up that the entity didn't like the cold and, and withdrew energies from that time. Maybe that being goes elsewhere to a warmer climate during that period of time mm-hmm. where you don't seem to have that contact or whatever. Maybe they vacation just like we do. You know, my wife <laughs> and I live in upstate New York and after the second blizzard dumped another two feet of snow on us and there was no place to shovel it. We were like, let's go to Florida for a week for God's sake. Mm-hmm. And so maybe these beings do the same thing. Maybe they have you know, maybe they have to move around or maybe they need to sleep in essence, hibernate, whatever, conserve energy. So uh, those those are great points. That's a great thing. I'm glad you told me that and that gives yeah. me further
0: yeah. I mean, in some ways it's almost comforting, right? To think that, okay, maybe this is just a weird collective hibernation of right. many entities that we work with and that they'll be back soon. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. At the very least, it, it's comforting to kind of have that in the back of your mind. I usually ask you at the beginning of our interviews, what is the weirdest thing that's happened since the last thing since the last time we talked? You know, I know it's been tough, has but has anything spooky or kind of like That seems odd. Has anything happened since the last time we we chatted?
1: Well, you know, I do still have the typical experiences, you know, the footsteps in the house or things might move or there might be noises or whatever, this and the other. That is still there, but it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a text message instead of a phone conversation is the best way that I Mm. can put it. I'm like, hey, and, uh, you know, we're here and that's it, but but without any lengthy or in-depth communication or conversation Mm. to follow. So it's kind of like just, uh, like I said, kind of like a text message versus phone call.
0: Yeah. It's, it's almost like a one way ping other than,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. rather
0: than a full conversation.
1: Exactly. Got exactly. it.
0: That's a great way to put it. Yeah.
1: We're like rapping on the window and I'm here and then that's it. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, when we're doing these investigations lately we are getting REM pods spirit boxes right. they're all going off but right. does anything really lead to anything it's it really is almost like pings of text messages like exactly. here we are exactly. yeah. yeah yeah and we did one estes session where it was almost like um i was the receiver and it was almost like all i was getting was two people or two entities excuse me mm-hmm. who were mm-hmm. having almost like a trucker cb radio conversation but you know when you accidentally pick that up sometimes you just get bits and pieces
1: right it was right. like
0: i don't know what you guys are saying to each other but <laughs> I don't think it's for me. You know, uh, you just
1: happened to overhear over the CB conversation. It couldn't, yeah, couldn't, couldn't participate. Yeah. yeah,
0: so so, so nothing, nothing super remarkable. Just kind of the, the that's regular. Really
1: super remarkable, yeah. Just just kind of the status quo. You know, I know that that contact, that communication with the other side, I know that will return in force. But it's it's just frustrating to me. You know, like I said earlier, there are times that hey, I I need this now. You know, and and it seems like we can't get it. So. I don't know, very strange, very odd.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a weird time and I think, you know, it it makes you well, I don't know about you, but it, it sometimes makes me question if I'm on the right path. I don't know if you've had, like, personal doubts or not. Feel free to not share if that's too personal, but...
1: Oh, God, yeah. Go go read my second book and knock in the attic, for those that haven't. <laughs> and I talk about my total lapse of faith, my total crisis of faith. You know, I had been, uh, not only did I have this psychic gift my entire life, but uh, I became an ordained minister, was a pastor of a small church, associate pastor of a small church, for a short period of time, and uh, did all of these things, and I became so frustrated with the fact that regardless of how much you prayed or meditated or studied or whatever you practiced, whatever you did, that there were people that would get healed and people that wouldn't, people got help, people that didn't, people got guidance, people didn't. And I finally just, I, I shut, turned my back on everything. I said, the hell was the church, the hell was God, the hell with my guys on the other side, the hell with my psychic gift, the hell with all of it. And I just said, nope, that's it. And I just, I just I, I At the time, I was a distance runner, bicycle racer, living it wasted, wasted all these things. So I threw myself into physical activity. I partied. I went out and, and closed the bars down. And all I did was practice hedonism. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm just going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have fun. The hell with this shit. Doesn't work. Doesn't help people. I, the hell with it. I was laying there in my bed one night and I had these. <laughs> you remember the old roller shades that you pull down? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they're translucent and the light will shine through them enough that you can kind of see in the room a little bit. So yeah, I had those in my bedroom. I woke up. The, the light through the roller shades was enough that I couldn't see enough in my bedroom to know if anybody was there or not. I could see the outlines of my furniture, silhouettes of my furniture and stuff like that. And I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. I could move my eyes, I could look all around my room, I could breathe, but I could not move. I couldn't move my fingers, couldn't move my feet, couldn't move my legs, couldn't move my arms. And I was like, okay. And then it dawned on me. It's like, okay. And and I said, I could whisper and I said, who's there? And the sand, I was laying facing one wall, and the sand came and put itself on my shoulder very gently and gave me this loving, gentle squeeze and held it there for several seconds. And then released it and let go, and when I let go, I could move. And in that one touch, and I'll never forget how gentle and healing and loving that caress was. And in that one moment, it was like, you know, We get it. We understand, but come back. Your work ain't done. It's frustrating, but you know, you got to take up the flag again. You're not going to understand everything, but you can walk in the light you've got and you can do what good you can do. And it was like, wow. So that's, that's what brought me back from that crisis of faith. You know, here lately I've, I've been like, you are, you know, I've had the same thing. I'm like, you know, the hell with this crap, I'm not doing a damn bit of good for anybody. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I was Go out and garden or whatever. Then I think back to that night and that moment, and it's like, no, no, no. There's got to be, you know, the the will and the energy and the belief and the faith continue to carry on. Gotten out of hard times before, you've gotten out of crisis as of faith before, and you will again. So that's what I hold on to to get me through that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. You have to have something that you can hold on to and go back to when you yeah. feel like that. And I think it, it it's hard when you're investigating or an energy worker. Well, it's hard when you're investigating the paranormal or you're an energy worker or psychic or, yeah. you know, doing this work and and things are kind of bajiggity right now. And exactly. for lack of a better term, and, it, and so you kind of do have to either have somebody in your court who really believes in you and says, don't stop, which yeah, don't thankfully up. I have a wife who's always saying you are on the right track. There this is what go. you're supposed to be doing. But or something like that, where you've had an experience and you keep it, you know, maybe you write it on a post-it note or you, mm-hmm. you know, have it as a mantra or a recording or you tell somebody you really trust and they, you know, regurgitate that back to you. So you're like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. Snap out of it. You know, like yeah. we were, yeah. you are a psychic, you know, and that is what you are supposed to do. And yeah. that's what you were put here for to do, you know, and, and so it, it's refreshing to hear that even in the darkest times for you, you're able to remember who you are and, and yeah. what you're meant and, to do. You know,
1: the thing me. of it is you talk about losing faith in any practice and especially spiritual practice. If you haven't had a crisis of faith, if you haven't lost faith at least once, you're not trying, you're not really practicing what you believe. Mm -hmm. If you really put into practice what you truly believe, you're going to lose all faith at some point. You're going to have a crisis of faith. And then there'll be something that brings you back around and you get that understanding of, oh, okay, I was going to go out of here and heal all the kids in St. Jude's and instead I heal this guy on the the bus I rode with and there's my lesson, you know, so I'll keep going. I'll see how many more people I can heal, how many more people I can touch and whatever. So, you know, and the the thing right now, I think the crisis of our world and the world systems kind of made it this way. You know, we were talking earlier about the price of things, the cost of groceries, and how hard it is right now financially for everybody and all these banks failing and everything. And it almost makes it to where you have to get up in the morning you grab the shotgun and you grab the the game bag and you go out in the field and go, I hope I can find something to kill Lee today, you know, and it's almost like we're in a survival mode and that makes it so hard to sit down and to be relaxed and to, you know, communicate with the other side and to to work on these things because even at good times, that's difficult and and yields sporadic results. And now it's like, it's so hard for us to focus on that. You know, we've got the war with Ukraine and we've got continuing viruses and diseases and problems and we've got all the bank faders and we've got the economic faders. Nearly everybody I know is underwater, including me financially and everybody. Everybody's dealing with all these things, and it just makes it real difficult to turn your mindset away from that towards something positive, and uh, that's that's the difficulty of it. But that's what we have to find some way to do and some way to try and get everybody's minds at large turned towards that and focused on that instead of focused on the bank failures, instead of focused on the war instead of it. And it doesn't it doesn't mean that we disavow those things or deny their reality or the impact of it. Sure, they're real and sure they have impact, but it means that we're going to try and find ways, tune into something to overcome that. And so we're not going to focus on it. We're not denying its reality. We know it's happened. We know it's bad. We know it's going to have repercussions, but we're going to turn in, tune into a higher power, turn to a higher power. And so, okay, what can I do to help the world overcome this and to get more people to do? And if we could get that done in mass, we could turn this thing around a lot quicker.
0: I agree. And not to take it back the other way, but another thing that could be really defeating in times like this is frauds who are then cornering yep. the market and yep. getting loads of money for, for yep. doing what they're doing. I don't know if you're following the Zach Baggins thing right now. It's a oh, huge yeah. Oh, yeah. drama. <laughs> huge <laughs> <Yep>. drama. <laughs> Everybody in the paranormal world is like waited, waiting, uh, you know, bated breath or uh, mm-hmm. Nick Groff and and what's his name from Destination Fear Dakota right. to come forward and and right. kind of fill the beans and we already know because it's been recorded so many times that Zach has been faking, faking evidence. Yeah. yeah, he fakes yeah. everything and not to mention yeah. a n- number of other things that I'm sure will surface. And that happens with psychics all the time and One time you know in the midst of this like density that we've been talking about and this ugh, really difficult time in connecting with the other side you then also have these people who are actually not being rewarded but but they're they're kind of taking advantage of this opportunity to perpetuate false yep evidence and false claims and so and make good money for it and make really good money and so you know what are you thinking first about the Zach Baggins thing if you care to comment and then also like in your world phony psychics and how at times like these they almost take over more than the real ones.
1: right yeah they proliferate well you know with Zach and people like that I've been telling people for years that these people were either self-deluded or outright fakes and fraud I've talked talked to people that were talent on some of these shows, on their talents on some of the big shows. And they've said that the producers would ask them, hey, can you work up a cry here? Can you scream and run out of the room? Can you do this? Can you do that? A lot of times they uh, fake the things that occur on the shows. I'd talk to some of the behind the scenes production people. I got it from a horse's mouth, talk to some of the people there that are reliable and that have dealt with some of these talents and some of these shows and very reluctantly gave them permission to investigate some of the things that they were doing and later regretted it because they were just outright faking and lying and disrespecting the client's home, doing things. One guy, and I can say this because in the podcast, I was on the guy, I told me he said it on the air. One of the guys came out of the, the client's home bathroom, you know, wiping the cocaine off his nose, you know, and stuff like this. So The
0: client's bathroom? Yeah, yeah.
1: Jesus. So, you know, there's all this kind of crap going on. I always tell people, I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I'm literally about to write this broadside that tells people how to avoid phony psychics, funny religious leaders, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, One thing that I tell people, if it works 100% of the time, it's fake. If it works 100% of the time, it's Fake. There is no psychic on the planet. Look, I've had over a thousand paranormal manifestation Other people have witnessed them. We've caught them on audio, film, video. There's nothing that's hundred percent, nothing hundred percent reliable. Like right now, we're talking about the dearth, the downtime, and my experience as well as everybody else. There is nothing that's hundred percent reliable. There's nothing that works hundred percent of the time. If you go to a psychic and they can manifest some physical evidence every single time you go to them, that person is a fake and a fraud and a phone. What most people don't understand. Like you go to a psychic and they have a bowl of eggs sitting there on the table. They tell you, okay, grab an egg. You choose an egg. You choose it out of this bowl of eggs that's been sitting up here on the table. You choose an egg. We're going to crack it open and see what's in it. That's going to be the only that's going to be the sign about what's happening in your life. So you choose any egg you want to, and it really is a free choice. And when they crack that egg and they can crack the other eggs and it won't have this junk in it. But when they crack that one egg, this moldy black crap comes out and they're like, oh God, look, it's a, it's a sign you're, you're possessed by demons or you have demonic activity around you or you have bad luck or you're cursed or whatever. And you said, Jesus Christ, there was this polite sitting there. I chose anyone I wanted to. And they, they crack it and this crap came out and, and they tell you, go, go choose some other eggs, crack them open see what happened. And there's nothing in those other eggs like that. Well, it's a slide-of-hand magic trick that you can find out how to do from most public libraries in the magic book section. But if you don't know that, it looks like a supernatural miracle is just. And so you're like, oh, wow, look at this, look at that. And so they know all this sleight of hand magic. Every time you go, they'll produce something, they'll manifest something. You know, you can take monofilament fishing line that you can't see, attach it to something give it a surreptitious yank and something falls off the table or or the other. Look, look, the spirits are active. So there's all these things, all these tricks that people have. People need to read this book called The Psychic Mafia, The Psychic Mafia. I think it's may still be available through Amazon, but read this book, The Psychic Mafia. So these people have all these techniques. They're good con artists. They're frauds, and they know how to cold read you. They know how to find your hot buttons. They know how to tell you this, and you make them in, and you buy your body language, oh, buy your body posture, and everything. Oh man, you know you smile, but they look at you, know oh, this person tired out, and they've had a bad day, and they're discouraged. And so that's what. The, Oh man, I see this turdiness around, you know, I see this, you just feel on the edge of the sea. Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to help you with that. You know, and then they start all this bullshit. And so the first thing it doesn't cost too much, but then the egg cracks open and there's the black mildewy stuff floating around and oh my God. And you're like, well, Jesus, I don't know if these damn demons around me, these spirits are this curse or what, how do we get rid of that? Well, it'll, we'll, we'll do that. It may take a little money. Well, that's all right. How much? Well, it might take a hundred, $200, whatever. Well, I can, I can deal with that. And. So you do that and they have to do the ritual, do the thing. Then they got some other phony thing to throw at you. And on top of that, have you, have you still had some bad luck? Well, yeah, I had a flat tire this week. have not had a flat tire in forever. Well, see, see, we got to up the, we got to up the eddy here. It's going to take more energy. It's going to take more help from the spirits. Pretty soon it's thousands of dollars or even tens of thousands of dollars. Now you understand the phony psychic says, this is not for me. I don't get any of this money. This isn't for me. I buy things for the spirits as an offering. And I've set out a banquet, a buffet for the spirits And I give gin and whiskey offerings, and fine foods and things, and and things that I have to procure as far as as crystals and minerals and things to. To set up the spell to protect you. Oh, okay, all right. And when you're deep enough into it, it sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. And these people wind up spending, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars with these phonies. And you say, well, if you're that goddamn stupid ignorant, you deserve to be taken advantage of. Well, over the years, I have rescued many clients. Just had one here recently come to me, spend one hundred twenty thousand dollars with these, and what Mm-mm. I have actually explained, yes. <laughs> Uh, one I had was fifty thousand. One was a hundred thousand. This was one hundred and twenty thousand. One was thirty thousand. So this has occurred continuously over the years, and I've had to explain to these people why how this goes on and why why something happens every time they go. Yeah, but every time I go, there's a dish that falls off the thing, or this thing happens, that thing Yeah, here's how it's done. So I have to tell them this, I have to rescue this. And of all of these people that I've talked to, have any of them been could chewing idiots? No. They've been college educated. One person had three degrees and owned their own business. Had a bachelor's, a master's and a PhD and owned their own business. The other people I've known have all been smart, erudite, intelligent people. And it's just, you'd be shocked how easy it is when somebody knows what they're doing, how they can take advantage of you and how they can manipulate you and why not help them with money? Why not throw money to the spirits? Why not throw money to the psychic? Money solves everything else. You go to a lawyer. You got to pay a retainer and upfront mm-hmm. fee. You got to pay every time you talk to them. You got to pay 40% of what you get or whatever. Okay. You go to a mechanic. You got to throw a ton of money at them for fix the problem. Okay. Go to a psychic. Yeah, I can fix that problem. Okay. Well, they need a ton of money through So it's all logical. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. But the thing that amazes me is these people will be $5,000 in, $10,000 in, $50,000 in, and their lives aren't changing and nothing mm-hmm. positive is happening. And they're keeping milking, milking them for more money. And they're it's like, why don't you quit? And it's like, hey, this shit ain't yeah. working. You're phony. You know, I'm, I'm quitting.
0: I-, I wanted to ask you, I actually have a friend who recently was looking for some help from someone that was like in the psychic healing category. She... Came across someone through a family friend. Mm-hmm. And I am really careful about this because I work with psychics all the time and I've interviewed all a gajillion psychics and da 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 da. And so I'm always like, are you real? Or are you fake? Mm-hmm. And so this guy, you know, she told me, oh, yeah, he said that did their initial call. That was like two hours or three hours or something. And then um, he said something like, oh, well, um, here are all the things that you have going on with you, and I can fix it for you, but we'll have to do it in stages of money. That's always a red flag. Right. Here we go. This yep. is your the red flag you just mentioned. And so yep. he says something like, I think the first stage was like, oh, this is a trauma with a family member, a direct family member. And so he said, well, that specific thing will take a year and one day or like a year and five days, right. something like that right. specific. And then yep. said, we're going to break it up into like $600 payments over, you know, I don't <laughs> know how I don't know how many $600 payments
1: uh-huh. it, a lot.
0: So I yeah exactly. So I gathered, you know, in th- this short conversation where my friend was so excited about this person that within that time frame, she would be spending tens of thousands of dollars because that was exactly. just one problem he was working on. There were a number of other problems. Exactly. And my spidey sense was just like, please don't do this. Please no. not no. she's not rich. You know, she's no. not so I was like, what can I do to convince her because I didn't want to poo poo on her experience because they are so good at making you feel like something positive happened in that first reading, you know yeah. like yeah. you said, they can really make you feel like, oh, well, I feel so much better, so yeah. obviously something's working. yeah, it's <laughs> it like-
1: I know it's it's just enormously frustrating and then another red flag, if you go to a psychic and a psychic medium, and I've done mediumistic work my entire life, and if you go to a psychic or a psychic medium or just a medium, however they want to classify themselves, and you're going to have a seance, and if you're told that once you sit in those chairs and the lights go out, you cannot turn on a light, you cannot turn on a flashlight, you can't light up your cell phone, you can't get up and go to the bathroom, no doors can open and close, that's it until the medium announces that the session's over and then the lights can come back on, you're being played. Mm -hmm. Because any legitimate Spiritual activity that's going to occur, can occur in broad daylight or with the lights on in the room. I've had it happen a bajillion times, but what these suckers will do is they will work undercover while the lights are out. Guess who has the night vision goggles on? Mm-hmm. And guess who's going around with a little Mister a little spray bottle And your Somebody yells out, oh, I, I just felt a cold mist land on me. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's called the idiot with the night vision goggles over there with the little atomizer spraying water on you. And then... Uh, there was one seance I became aware of that this phony was sitting there when the lights were out and they had one of those little toy pianos mm-hmm. and they would say, okay, the person can ask a question from spirit. If the answer is yes, it will be. Burr. And if it's no, it'll be down the other way. Uh-huh. And so they'd sit there and do that in response to the yes, no question. And the excuse always given the reason that you can't turn on a flashlight or the reason you can't get up and go to the bathroom, open the door, the reason that there can't be any light in the seance situation. It could injure or even kill the medium. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest goddamn nonsense (laughs) on the planet. It's like, holy friggin' cow. I I just, so those are some of the signs you look for. Those are some of the things you look for. Yeah. And then, like with me, go to my friggin' webpage. I have over 80 client testimonials, and these are not, oh, John made me feel good. This is John told me this shit in a pep. And then I've got media testimonials, so on and so forth. So find the, before you go to them, Find their web page. Look at their testimonials. Look at their credentials. Look at everything they've got on there. Vet them. Check them out. Yeah. See if you know. And if possible, ask for references. I can't tell you how many people have come to me. So my friend referred me to you. My mom referred me to you. My dad referred me to you. Mm-hmm. And so cool. on and so forth. So the you know when you go to to a mechanic. Yes, ask for him, say, hey, I'm thinking about this guy. Oh, don't go to him. He'll you charge you normal arm and won't fix nothing. Okay, well, who do you recommend? And they tell you, do the same thing with a psychic. But yeah. have the common sense to realize, even if you're recommended to somebody and they start this phony, bloney chicanery, magic trick stuff and all this manipulation, all these demands for money, there's your red plate you and go elsewhere.
0: How do you feel about the, the perfect timeline thing? You know, ha- have you ever experienced that where you felt that you knew, oh, it will take precisely 375 days for this to fully get healed? And these are how many payments? And maybe it does work. I don't know. But like, would you think no, of that bullshit. as a red flag? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that's bullshit. That's total that bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's total bullshit. For one thing, I've been given specific timelines for clients, for things to happen and no payments involved. This is what the other side tells me you need to do here, do this here, do this here, do this here, and you're going to get this result. They paid me for that one reading. That's it. No more money involved. I gave them that advice and that's, that's the way it works. Yeah, you can get specific timelines for people. I've been given the day for people, the exact day for people the exact amount of time for people, but it's never tied to more payments of money or anything exotic or weird Mm -hmm. that, you know, the other side shows you something as a prediction for a person and that occurs in steps. You just tell them, okay, here, expect this, here, do this, here, prepare for that. And then boom, down the road, there you go. And there's no payments tied to that. You know, you pay me for the reading and I give you what the other side gives me for you and boom, you go do it. You don't need to buy anything, purchase anything, pay me any more stuff. Or go out and join the cult and shave your head and wear yellow. You know, just do <laughs> what spirit great you and it's right there. You just go do it, and there's there's no payments involved. Anybody that's wanting payments to manifest a timeline or make a timeline happen, that's bullshit. I'd like to catch them in a dark alley, meet out a little psychic justice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am literally going to take this snippet of you and play it for my friend. There you go. And and there maybe if it's not coming from me, it it will be it more be believable. Like so. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that. But I want to ask you one more thing before I go. Is there anything else that you want the listeners to know? I mean, uh, about what's going on psychically with you or any psychic impressions that you have about what's happening in the world anything like that Yeah, you
1: know I just I want people to understand that the psychic realm is real and it can help us and it can guide us and it can lead us but to beware of these funnies to beware of these frauds and to understand that people are going to make promises to you there's no possible way that they can keep people are going to say I can bring your cheating boyfriend back and he'll be faithful to you for X amount of dollars Or I can do this, or I can do that. No, they can't. These people cannot do that. If they could, they wouldn't be so mega rich that every uh, Bill Gates, Donald Trump, everybody else be coming to them asking for a handout. They'd be so mega rich. They can't do these things. They cannot do these things. It doesn't mean that these things don't occur, that the spiritual realm doesn't manifest these things, but... The spiritual world doesn't seem to be sitting there like a puppy dog wagging its tail going, ask what you want today. I'm just here to grant it. I'm just here to serve it. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. I wish that God it did, but it doesn't. And my frustration over the years, and I've been very honest with people and told people about this, for all the dramatic physical manifestations that I've had and other people have witnessed them, they've seen them. We've caught them on film. We've caught them on video. We've caught them on audio. For all of that, there's times of like this dearth right now, we're like, guys, I need this or I need that or I need the other thing. What's going on? And I think that when we get into just exactly what you said, when we get into this time of need and desperation, it's so easy to grab onto somebody that's why I can solve that. I've got the answers. I'll take care of you. I'll make this go away. And we're so desperate and we want to believe and we need we need that something and that's when these funny sweep in and take advantage of us we need to be aware of that and it might be okay yeah i'd like somebody to resolve this but it looks like it ain't happening right now i'm just gonna get this out till i get a little more light on my pathway and see where i need to walk through this
0: yeah i think you're right and i i hope that things look up for you and for all of us you know i mean but but Really, you know, you've you've just been in like a, a weird sort of valley right now. And I'm 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 sending you all the good vibes I can muster. Oh,
1: well, sure, yeah. You know, that's yeah. one thing maybe I think that people don't understand is that people that have my gift, my experiences and things that I've done. They think that we're immune from all this and we go through our lives, hard knocks and lumps and bruises and life lessons, too. And right now, man, I tell you, we've been been going through the ringer. I've been going through the rant. and it's yeah. been some of the most difficult times that I've been in for a long, 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 long time. And so, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate everybody's good prayers and vibes. Help me out a little bit. Go buy a book at Amazon, you know. I mean, it's yeah, like,
0: absolutely.
1: People people think, oh, you know, uh, he's a psychic and he's a writer too. God, he's got to be getting double rich. Well, I've never made a living off being a psychic, even full time and, and not yeah. a respectable living anyways. People that think you get rich writing a book only if you're James Patterson.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> no.
1: People That's don't right. understand how, how low the royalties are for authors and books. Yeah. But every little bit helps. So if anybody wants to do something practical, go buy a book. I can have French fries with my hamburger then, maybe. And yes. read them. It'll give them some important information about what the other side's really like, what interacting with that as a psychic is like and lessons I've learned that they can learn and maybe apply their own lives to make things better. Or to give them a hope saying, okay, if he experienced this this way and this was his lesson, maybe I can call out to the other side and I can experience that too when I need it. So yeah, here, here,
0: uh, support yeah. your paranormal and psychic authors and creators.
1: Yes. Definitely. And not the guy are going to take you for a hundred Yes. Years.
0: Not Zach Baggins and that other exactly. weird guy that we're not going to say his name, but I really want to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, John. Well, I, I sincerely do hope things look up and, you know, oh, always keep in touch. Yeah. It's, you're just not even interviewee at this point. You're a friend. So, yeah, you know, too. please take care. And till next time, I guess.
1: Yep, absolutely. Enjoyed it.
0: All right. See you later, John.
1: All right. Take care.
0: You should go out and buy John's book. That's what you should do. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere. You can get it anywhere books are sold. It's called 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. It's one of those books that you can have by your nightstand or your altar space or your fucking desk, you know, at work and just kind of take a little poke here and there and remind yourself. Because I, f- I feel like one of the big things about Cultivating our psychic abilities is that we think that we're supposed to do it in big chunks for hours on end. We must consume a thing and learn it. But really, it's always better to do just a tiny bit every day, however often you can muster, because then it starts to create a groove in your brain. In your brain, okay? Your brain. So, uh, yeah, here's to making some good psychic grooves in your brain. Again, I highly recommend his other books, writing with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead, and A Knock in the Attic. And you, you'll be able to find everything that John is up to at johnrussell.net. And you know how I am. I'm going to put all that shit in the show notes for you. But I got to go, okay? I got a lot of stuff to do. I do. And I bet you do too. So do your shit, but don't do, 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 do. Remember, and don't be, 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 be. Do be, do be, do. Love you. Bye. Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, follow.